With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour two. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome across America. It is the Eric Erickson Show. I just so happen to be Eric Erickson. A face for radio and a voice for print, yet here I am behind the microphone. I want to turn to another big story. I want to play for you the audio. This is Frank Tamro. Frank Tamro is a 95-year-old Korean War veteran. He lived at Island Shores. It's a nursing home. He's resided there for quite some time until he was kicked out. He was kicked out because the city of New York approved the sale of Island Shores, his nursing home, to be sold and converted into a facility for illegal aliens to be housed at. We kicked a 95-year-old veteran of the Korean War out of his bed so that illegal aliens could sleep in it. I wish I was making this up, but I'm not. It was very disgraceful what they did to the people in Island Shores. They gave us time to get out, but they never said when, and they never said they were going to get us out. And then one day, there's a thing on the board, a notice on the board. You gotta be out by March 15th. I think that gave us like a month and a half to find yeah. out where we're gonna go. I thought my suitcases were gonna be on the curb because I'm not that fast. If it wasn't for my daughter, they would have been on the curb. <laughs> but that's what it happened. And uh, that was it. I said, no, 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 you're not moving me. And they said, yes, 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 we are. And it, uh, everything was done behind closed doors. Yeah. And we didn't have a chance to actually make any attempt to stop them because there wasn't enough time. Terrible. Now, you notice he said March 1st. This is just coming to light. So this happened months ago, but it's only just now coming to light uh, and members of the New York City Council are furious about it. He says uh, New York City Councilman David Carr confirmed to a local uh, news outlet that he was informed by the city's Department of Social Services the migrant facility was going to be opening this week. The Department of Social Services refused to get back to Fox News. This is from... Um, SI.com, StatenIslandLive.com. 
A former Midland Beach senior living facility will be the latest city migrant shelter. City Councilman David Carr said the City Department of Social Services reached out to him saying the shelter would be opening Tuesday, but city officials didn't respond for a request for comments. By the time of publication, the city continues to dig its own grave even deeper with each new shelter it opens, and it's doing so yet again, he said. About a week after the mayor ordered city agencies to cut their budgets by 5% by November, which will no doubt gut the services our residents depend on, the administration is planning to move more migrants into homes reserved for our seniors right in the middle of Midland Beach. A visit to the location Tuesday afternoon saw minimal activity, only the rear parking lot filled with cars, along with three dumpsters full of garbage. Councilman Carr first shared information on August 8th that the city intended to place one of more than 200 migrant shelters on the site. Since April of 2022, more than 110,000 migrants have made their way to the five boroughs, nearly 60,000 remaining in the city's care. The influx of newcomers has prompted the city to set up emergency shelters around the five boroughs. Homes for the Homeless, the nonprofit organization that has owned Island Shore since the 1980s, will be contracting with the city to operate the new shelter that Carr expects to house up to 300 people. On Tuesday, Representative Nicole Maliotakis of Staten Island slammed the city and Homes for the Homeless for moving forward with the deal that saw former senior residents at the site moved out in favor of migrants. That's bizarre. In September of 2022, Island Shores Management sent notice that a possible sale meant the 53 people leaving there would need to get out by March 1st, 2023. It turns out that Homes for the Homeless decided to sell the building. and in selling the building, decided ultimately that it could be converted and turned into a migrant shelter for illegal aliens. They could make some money off of this. Y'all, I want to play you some audio. This is from uh, a former Biden administration official. Um, he worked for Border Patrol for Joe Biden, and I want you to listen to this audio. This is this is a Biden administration former Biden administration official. The current surge at the southern border should surprise no one. What is surprising is that we aren't better prepared to deal with it, that we do not have a comprehensive national plan. Uh, Surprise. We're kicking veterans out of their residences and handing those facilities where the veterans are staying, retirement homes and nursing homes over to illegal aliens. This is a kind of bizarre thing that we're doing as a nation. Kind of bizarre thing we're doing in cities around the country. Y'all, I understand there are people coming to this country to escape bad things in Central and South America, but we don't really have a process by which to process them that's working. And we're learning more and more that many of those coming 
don't have legitimate asylum claims. They're just coming, coming for the heck of it. Now, we in this country, if we're, if we're really honest about it, if you want me to tell you the thing that some of you don't want to hear, but that's true, is we need more people in the country. We're, we're at um, net zero population reproduction rate. We are producing as many people as we're dying. Our population's not growing, and we've got services and businesses that need employees, and they don't have them. And so many people dropped out during COVID. They were senior citizens. They decided to retire. They're not coming back. We have worker shortages in this country. We could use people. But not illegal aliens crossing the country illegally, storming the border and overwhelming the system. We've got processes for them to go through, but they aren't going through it. And the Biden administration is willing to let them stay. The Biden administration is willing to let this proceed. This is insanity. It's not healthy. It's not good. The Biden administration is writing their own obituary as an administration. They can't control, handle, process, deal with the southern border. This is not a Fox News-generated issue, although they're the only ones who seem to want to cover it. It really is remarkable, just as an aside, because I'm really still hung up on this. CNN and MSNBC, they don't want to really cover much of the Hunter Biden stuff. They're not covering the Iranian stuff. They're not covering the border. They're covering Donald Trump and Taylor Swift. That's it. Donald Trump and Taylor Swift. They're given copious amounts of attention to Cassidy Hutchinson's new book. She's one of the, the, the people who work for Trump. She's got a book out. They're, they're giving her airtime. You know, she said Russ Vote's a Mormon. Russ Vote was the head of Office of Management and Budget. He now runs the Center for American Renewal. Russ Vote's a longtime friend of mine. He's a good friend of mine. The only time I play fantasy football leagues is when Russ picks the players for me, and I always win because he's very good at it. Now he picks his players before he picks mine. Russ is a good friend of mine. Russ is not a Mormon. Anyone who knows Russ' vote knows he's not a Mormon, and yet she claims in the book that he is, and yet her book clearly didn't have fact checkers. She makes this wild claim that her mother called her five days before January 6th. Says, are you going? Look at all the crazy people. Nobody knew five days ahead of time what was going to happen. And yet she claims her mother, I guess, had some sort of psychic knowledge to see the future, know what was happening. This book is garbage, but it's about people with Trump derangement syndrome who hate Donald Trump, who are giving the media exactly what they want, salacious claims about January 6th. And so they're playing that up. They're playing that up. They're playing up Taylor Swift. They're not covering the border. They're not covering the Iranian infiltration or the Chinese infiltration or the Russian infiltration of the government. They used to care about I'm old enough to remember when they cared deeply about Russian agents in the White House back three years ago when Donald Trump was president. Now they don't care. and We've got actual truthful documents about Iran and they don't care. It's why nobody believes them. You know, when you deal with addicts, you go through an intervention. All the people come and explain to the addicts what they mean to them and what they've done and how they need to get their life in order and how they care about them. And sometimes the addict doesn't listen. And the response when the intervention fails is, 
We're just going to have to let this guy fall flat on his face before he's willing to get help. He's going to have to fall. It's like with the media. Because I myself and others I know have tried to approach members of the press and say, hey, guys, you got a credibility problem. you got a trust problem. You're obsessed with Donald Trump. Look at all these other stories you're leaving on the cutting room floor, stories that really in the here and now they matter greatly. And you're not covering those stories. And the response of the media is, well, you're just partisan. You don't know. We know. We're the media. We have fact checkers. We have editors. And more and more people don't trust them. I was pointing out the other day about how at CNN, you're you're really likely to get a, a transgender activist on as the hero in a story that demeans and belittles girls who don't want a boy in their locker room. And the girls are now the bad guys. And the boy who wants to become the girl is the hero. He's brave. But overwhelmingly, parents in this country are opposed to boys in girls' locker rooms. The media's out to lunch on that issue. They're out to lunch on all these other issues. And they're not covering the border. What's remarkable about the story of the 95-year-old veteran who's been ousted from his nursing home is that it happened in March, and we're only just now finding out about it. It happened in March. The facility for the illegal immigrants opens next week. That's why we're finding out about it when people are like, wait a second, how is this nursing home becoming a facility for illegal immigrants? Oh, Oh, it was it was sold and they booted the retirees out because they get more money by housing illegal immigrants. The media has lacked curiosity on these issues. But the voters are paying attention. And the voters will hold all of them accountable. That I didn't I didn't wake up this morning and plan a show with a common theme, but my gosh, that is the common theme. The voters are going to hold these people accountable because the voters are turning on them. There's new polling out that shows the extent to which the voters are rebelling against the Biden administration and the policies of the Democratic Party. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Guess what? Turns out federal tax revenue, the amount of money flowing into the federal government in tax revenue is at an all-time high. Never in the history of the country 
has the government received so much tax revenue? $4.71 trillion. $4.71 trillion. Where did it come from? It uh, came from uh, $2.3 trillion in individual income tax, $1.5 trillion in payroll taxes, $25 billion in estate and gift taxes, $501 billion in corporate taxes, $91 billion in excise taxes, $76 billion in federal, earning, federal Reserve earnings, $54 billion in customs duties, $36 billion in other fees. So we got $4.714 trillion, $4,714 billion. Why do we need tax increases? Why why do we need tax increases? We've got this enormous national debt. We have a record rate of tax revenue to the government. We've never had this much revenue flowing to the government, and the Democrats still say we just need more tax revenue. We need to raise taxes as opposed to maybe just maybe we need to cut spending. Maybe, just maybe. We need to to cut federal spending. You know, part of the problem here is the 10-year bond is now the record yield. That's a problem. The 10-year bond being at a record yield is a huge problem. It's almost 5% yield in the 10-year bond. Why it's a huge problem? The yield is essentially the amount of money that's being paid on the bond by the federal government. So as the yield has gone up, That means the amount of money the federal government commits to pay on the bond goes up, which means that's less discretionary budget for the federal government. That means we're paying more and more debt service in the federal government on the bonds than we have available cash to pay for the defense budget and everything else. It's crazy. Patriot Mobile is fighting back against the reckless spending in Washington, D.C. They're fighting back against the corruption. They're fighting back against the left. They're fighting back against those who would uh, regress the Second Amendment cause and the pro-life movement. They're fighting for conservative values. They're Christian conservatives themselves. They want your business. All you got to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today. Sign up with them. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Sign up with Patriot Mobile. Move your cell phone service to them. It's very painless. You move it over. You can get a new phone number if you want. Take your existing phone number if you want. If you have an unlocked phone, take that to them as well. And their service just works. It's so unbelievably good. You can call them if you don't want to do it online. 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. Or just do it really easy online, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can even see a detailed coverage map right down to your house. They give you guaranteed great service, probably using the same cell towers you're already using. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Do business with a company that shares your values and actually wants your business. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? We got to talk about the economy because it's actually not looking good. And what's so really interesting to me in all of this is, well, I'm not disappointed. And I don't want you to think I'm disappointed. 
I try to be, I try, and I I acknowledge, I, I don't always succeed. We're all sinners. I try to be intellectually honest. I, I, I try to, I, I've got biases. I'm a conservative. I, I lean towards the Republicans, uh, but I, I, I try to call BS on both sides. I try to be able to say um, accurately and honestly what's going on in the world. And it is increasingly apparent that despite all of the cheering from the Biden administration, there are more and more warning signs that something is really off with the American economy. And we're headed towards a recession. It is why I think the GOP should think twice about instigating a government shutdown. They should at least make the Senate Democrats be the unreasonable ones, particularly over border security, and that looks like where they're headed right now. But the economy is starting to turn south on us. There are lots of warning signs, and what I find remarkable are the number of people on the the left who are in absolute denial about it, and it's partisanship. And I realize it's partisanship. that They can't acknowledge that the economy is going badly. Now, the moment the Republicans shut down government, if it comes to that, they will blame the GOP and say, yeah, yeah, the economy's tanking, but it's the Republicans' fault. That's why I think the Republicans should avoid, uh, if they can, uh, doing a government shutdown because that, although I do honestly kind of think it is funny, if they did, well, we got to we got to shut the government down for 15 days to stop the spread. That that I I think would actually be very funny. They said we're shutting it down for 15 days to stop the spread. I I, I that would be hilarious. Matt Gates had a great line at an event last night and said Joe Biden has has devalued the economy so much now that to bribe a Democratic senator you got to use gold bars. That 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 resonates. That does. That tracks. But let, let me let me read you some stories here. This is this is one. Private equity is piling debt on itself like never before. Hit by a drought of deals and dwindling cash, some buyout firms are starting to resort to backroom financing to help meet fund commitments or enable succession planning. The loans backed by assets, including the promise of future income, carry interest of as much as 19%, a rate that's more akin to the charges faced by consumers rather than corporate borrowing. Even a junk-rated company in the U.S. paid 10% on a bond recently. Those high costs aren't deterring private equity firms, and experts say demand is at an all-time high. While some of the biggest lenders, such as Carlyle Group's Alp Investment Partners, say these debts are relatively safe, others are already starting to take precautions by adding covenants that enable seizure of the underlying fund assets, highlighting worries about possible losses. Some are warning of perils when a firm faces claims for more than one type of loan simultaneously. If the value of the fund drops, for example, you're looking at a margin call situation, says Jason Meklinski, Chief Revenue and Strategy Officer from Socium Fund Services. It would be like a volcano meets a tornado. Too many private equity firms are now doing backroom financing to meet loan obligations. They're paying high interest rates. So many of them set up at a time where there were barely any interest rates. That's a problem. Then there's this. Moody's Investor Service, the only remaining major credit grader to assign the U.S. a top rating, 
has signaled that its confidence is wavering ahead of a potential government shutdown. While debt service payments would not be impacted and a short-lived shutdown would be unlikely to disrupt the economy, it would underscore the weakness of U.S. institutional and governance strength relative to other AAA-rated sovereigns, analysts led by William Foster wrote in a report Monday. The analysts stopped short of threatening a downgrade, but used unusually blunt language to express their concerns over the trajectory of congressional negotiations to pass a short-term spending bill required to stop a government shutdown when the new U.S. fiscal year begins in October. A government shutdown would demonstrate the significant constraints that intensifying political polarization continue to pose to U.S. fiscal policymakers. If the U.S. gets downgraded by all of them, Fitch has downgraded us, Moody planning to downgrade us, it would cause interest rates to go up because our AAA credit rating gives us preferred interest rate status on the world markets. If it's degraded, our interest rate that we have to pay on debt around the world goes up. That impacts our budget. U.S. consumer confidence slumped to a four-month low in September, dampened by a deteriorating outlook for the economy and labor markets. The conference board's index declined to 103 this month from an upward revi- upwardly revised 108.7 in August. Data out Tuesday showed. The figure fell short of the median estimate of 105.5 in a Bloomberg survey of economists. The group's gauge of current conditions rose slightly to 147.1 a measure of expectations which reflects consumer six-month outlook fell to 73.7, the lowest since May. A reading below 80 historically signals a recession within the next year. Despite greater confidence among economists that the U.S. can avert a recession, American workers are increasingly concerned about their finances and employment prospects. Next story from the Wall Street Journal, the last three from Bloomberg, this one from the Wall Street Journal. A new reality has finally started to set in across American households. Interest rates are here to stay. The economy has held up relatively well ever since the Federal Reserve started aggressively raising rates early this last year. Many households have breathing room because they locked in low rates on their mortgage or car loan before the rate increases started. And in at least one significant way, the higher rates can help consumers. Savers can get more bang for their otherwise idle cash. But these higher for longer rates are starting to exact a toll on households that need to borrow now, especially for major purchases such as homes and cars. Those who have to rely on credit card debt where rates rise along with the market interest rates are also feeling the bite. In some ways, this tightening is what the Fed wants because its rate hikes are meant to slow down the economy to curb inflation. The Fed this week signaled it could raise rates high once more this year. In other words, rates aren't expected to go down soon. We've now got mortgage rates in this country for a 30-year loan over 8%. My wife and I bought our first house in 2001. It was a house that was valued at $110,000. It was three-bedroom, two-bathroom, half-acre, built in the 1950s. Our loan was at 5.25%. That was back when rates were, were up, but they were considered normal rates. We're now exceeding normal rates. It's too high for many Americans. It's pricing them out of the homeownership market. 
And now, last story. This is from uh, CNBC. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon is warning that interest rates could go up quite a bit further as policymakers face the prospects of elevated inflation and slow growth. Stagflation. Though Federal Reserve officials have indicated they're near the end of their rate hiking cycle, the head of the largest U.S. bank by assets said that might not necessarily be the case. In fact, Diamond said in an interview with the Times of India that the Fed's key borrowing rate could rise significantly from its current targeted range of 525 to 5.5%. He said when the Fed raised the rate from near zero to 2%, it was almost no move, while the increase from there to the current range merely caught some people off guard. I'm not sure if the world is prepared for 7%, he said. I asked people in business, are you prepared for something like 7%? The worst case is 7% with stagflation. If they're going to have lower volumes and higher rates, there will be stress in the system. We urge our clients to be prepared for this kind of stress. To emphasize the point, Diamond referenced Warren Buffett's much-cited quote, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. That will be the tide going out. These 200 basis points will be more painful than the 3 to 5% move. The comments come less than a week after Fed officials in their quarterly economic update indicated they could approve another quarter percentage point increase by the end of the year. However, that's predicated on the data continuing to cooperate. I'd be cautious, Jamie Dimon said. We have to deal with all these serious issues over time, and your deficits can't continue forever. So rates may go up more, but I hope and pray there's a soft landing. Treasury yields have been on the rise since last week's Fed meeting. The 10-year note hovering with 16-year highs. Now, what does the 16-year high mean on the yield? I mentioned this earlier. So the Federal Reserve 10-year Treasury, the yield is right now 4.618%. The high was 4.632% today. It's gone down a little bit today, but it's still at a high. What does that mean? It means that the Fed is paying 4.618% interest right now on the bond, on the 10-year bond. That means the interest rate has gone up. For perspective, back in April, it was at 3.3%. So it's gone up more than a percentage point, the amount of interest the Fed pays. So every time it goes up, the Fed pays more interest to bondholders, which comes from the federal budget which means there's less available cash to fund the rest of the federal budget, which means you can't fund defense, you can't fund social services, you can't fund education, you can't fund extra things without a tax increase or more deficit spending. If you do more deficit spending, the federal debt goes up, the federal debt goes up, then you have an even larger debt service payment. We're in a cycle of doom if you do that. And all of this is ultimately shouldered by the American public, who right now are paying too much. This is from Jim Garrity at National Review. If Americans feel like the economy is doing well in the autumn of next year, President Biden might win re-election. If Americans don't feel well next year, then the Republican nominee, likely Donald Trump, will probably win. That's the ballgame. Other factors influence the race, but first-term presidents with roaring economies and widespread economic optimism get elect- get reelected. Those without them don't. 
Keep that in mind when you see a headline like this one from the Wall Street Journal today. Americans finally start to feel the sting from the Fed's rate hikes. This morning, the staffers of the Biden campaign's re-election headquarters in Wilmington, Delaware, are buzzing about a leak to Axios about the foolproof plan to help Biden avoid tripping and following, falling, balancing exercises and sneakers. That's nice, but the economy itself feels like it's about to fall over. Buying a car, buying buying a home, buying groceries, they're pricing Americans out. Americans are starting to respond. They're not happy with it. Bidenomics, which this president wrapped himself in, it was a dumb thing for him to do. It's coming to bear on the market, and the American public is becoming pessimistic about the future. All of these stories together. By the way, if you text DATA to 33777, you get my show notes email. You get a 15% discount on it. You get all these stories. They're all together in a comprehensive narrative meant for you to understand so you can explain things to your neighbors. The economy is starting to slow more than the Fed wants. We're getting into a period of stagflation, which means we're going to have high rates and no growth. We're going to have inflation continuing to be higher than they want it. It's impacting the American public. This is Bidenomics. Bidenomics is no growth, high inflation, pricing consumers out of consumer products like bananas. It's going to end badly for all of us, but particularly for Joe Biden. Joe Biden himself wants Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee, might just get him that way, and then might hand him the presidency again because of Biden's handling of the economy and his administration lacks the humility to understand what they're doing. A group that understands what they're doing and wants to educate Americans about how bad it is as Americans for prosperity. They're doing a nationwide bus tour to teach people how bad Bidenomics is and how we can fix it. They want you on board. They want you to be an activist with Americans for Prosperity. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.com slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org, not .com, .org. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You go to Americans for Prosperity, you sign up to become one of their activists, they teach you how to be a good activist. They give you the arguments and information to be able to relay why Bidenomics is bad and how free market economics is good. They teach you how to take a stand for free markets and free people. They teach you how to educate your legislators and your next door neighbor, and they get you involved in the process around the country. Sign up today with Americans for Prosperity, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. I gotta, I gotta play this old audio. This is the famous audio. It's gonna sound a little washed out to you. That is the audio itself. It's not us. It's the audio itself. But this is Georgia Congressman Hank Johnson, who was worried that the island of Guam would literally tip over with too many people on it. This is a uh, island that, at its widest level is what 12 miles from shore to shore and at its smallest level uh, or smallest uh, uh, location it's uh, seven miles uh, between one shore and the other is that correct i don't have the exact uh, dimensions but uh, to your point sir i think Guam is a small island. Very small island and about 24 miles, if I recall, long. So 24 miles long, about seven miles wide at the least widest place on the island and about 20, about 12 miles wide uh, uh, on the widest part of the island. 
And um, I don't know how many square miles that, that is. Do you happen to know? I don't have that uh, figure with me, sir. I can certainly supply it to you if you'd like. Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and, uh, and capsize. <laughs> That's Hank Johnson. Now, why am I playing this clip of Hank Johnson, who literally believed that too many people on Guam could cause the island to capsize? Because uh, Hillary Vaughn of Fox News has asked Hank Johnson about the record high illegal crossings at the border. And he says, quote, they're not crossing illegally. They're sitting at the border seeking asylum. Hank Johnson believes that the illegal aliens who are being filmed crossing the border coming into the United States and being let go by ICE are actually there sitting at the border waiting for asylum. What does this man smoke and where can I get some of it? Huh. Well, given the way Atlanta smells most days, I think I know what he's probably smoking and where I can get it. My Lord almighty. Wow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.